Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella, so go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is so number 122, the inflatable T-Rack consuming a cheerleader of sodes. That's a great one. One of the best things T-Rack's ever done. That honestly, one of the most memorable too. I still remember Ian, e- Ian Eagle's call of that, that moment. I believe uh, Dan Fouts was in the booth with him uh, and he was Ian Eagle, a f- tremendous bro- broadcaster with a tremendous career. I think he was more taken aback by that moment by anything he's ever called in sports. Would that just inflatable T-Rex? It, like, because it consumed the cheerleader whole. That cheerleader, God rest her soul, probably no longer with us. No, I, I, I can't imagine she is. I mean, think of all the digestive acids that they just bounce around an inflatable T-Rex belly. There's no way she could survive that. You know what I miss too is, and I don't know if they still do this because I'm working on game days now, T-Rack fighting the other team's mascot on the pedestrian bridge, like the journey to kick the other guy's ass. You remember those oh, videos? Yeah, but I don't remember it on the pedestrian bridge. I remember him coming to midfield. It would be, like, yeah, maybe he crossed pedestrian bridge on the way to kick this guy's ass, kick like the okay. ass or something. I don't know if this was like a knock on Titans team security or what, but somehow an opposing team's fan would not only break into the stadium, but then break into the field. <laughs> and would always run to midfield right at the 50 yard line when he's the most noticeable and security would do nothing about it. So then the, the mascot T-Rack had to run out there and kick the dude's ass. I think that they would rather let T-Rack handle it because they know that he would come down with the swift hammer of justice harder than the security would just by, you know, telling him he can't enter. I think they wanted to see street justice with T-Rack just pummeling the other guy, which yeah. is what we got every time. T-Rex they should have given T Rex probably got a better record than Floyd Mayweather in mascot fights. No, you're probably right because I don't think I ever have seen him lose. They they should have given T Rex one of those like CDC yellow raincoats that say like CDC security on the back, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever it was. Uh, they he deserved he earned one of those probably more than most of the security staff at, at <laughs> events. Was brought to us by Eldon English, a Shrike one one three. We talk a lot about uh, old Eldon because uh, he's a great tupper. He's a strong tupper. And he he's the guy, he's the tupper who recaps every episode. He's uh, a tough critic. He's a tough critic. He is. He's our first tough critic. He gives us uh, little recaps of what he what stood out to him throughout every episode. And they make me laugh every single week. You know, restaurants um, tell, tell, you know, tell their staff, hey, don't read the reviews. Same in theater. Don't don't read the reviews. <laughs> okay, we're doing good. Don't read the reviews. But, you know, I can't help but read. I can't. Yeah. 
no, even, you're right. Everyone makes fun of me for not getting the movie references that you throw out. But I, I, I gotta, I have to read the reviews to know how to fix the next episode. It's a good kind of, you know, this is what you need to do, Jack. Because most of right. your compliments and most of mine are like, Jack, watch some damn movies, will you? That's yeah, right. And last <laughs> week showed very phallic in nature too. So we got, uh, we got that pointed out to us as well by Eldon. So shout out to Eldon English, a great Tupper. Uh, if you want to submit a so title, we're running low. We're running low on soap titles. Need you to jump in there. If you want to submit a soap title for next week, just tweet at us with something obscure about the Titans and we'll name the soap that and give you credit. Now, I don't know if you picked up on this or not already. I'm sure Jack's editing job is tr uh, tremendous, phenomenal. Some might even say. Uh, so you may not have noticed it, but my connection this week, for whatever reason, is her. It's almost as if I have my baby pedaling a bike in the back that's keeping the generator alive keeping my internet for a baby named derica henry she's doing a hell of a job i mean you wouldn't expect much of anything less no she's doing about as well as you'd expect an infant to be pedaling yeah that's a good point <laughs> it, it's it, there are holes in her game there's no doubt about it it is my internet connection is so bad and i literally every and there it goes again <laughs> there it goes again but look, we've got a fun right. Episode. We've got a fun episode lined up this week. We've got a really fun episode. Now it's going to be a short episode because of, you know we can't go in depth. Uh, Austin's you know connection breaks up every sentence or two, so we, we we're having to work around that. But we do make up for it. We make up for it with your favorite Titans wide receiver, <laughs> recurring guest, maybe our second most used guest. I think right behind Jim Wyatt. You guys know his name by now. Drew MF and Bennett joins us this week. And he's got a lot to talk about. It was a good interview, and I hate it because Austin's connection was spotty during it. And he oh, kind of I one-liners. I heard it. I heard it. I heard the interview. It went great. Uh, I have very little to do with that, uh, but it, the interview was great. Drew, we have some fun with Drew, and this is going to be the this is going to be the entre entree of the episode, right? You're not going to have much of an appetizer. You're not going to have much of a dessert. But hopefully, this Drew Bennett in interview gets you through your your tighten up podcast meal. We asked him all kinds of questions. What it's like being a UDFA, um, the Billy Volick trade story. What a what a wild story that was! I couldn't if, believe my ears. If you tune into this podcast for one reason alone, it should be the Billy Volick story that he shares. Billy Volick, and you'll you'll have to let Drew talk about it. But Billy Volick requested a trade, and that's you know kind of how Vince Young became the starting quarterback his rookie season. Um, the domino effect was really in play there. We asked him about Steve McNair. Hall of Fame snub? I think so. What does Drew think? He'll tell you about it. And also some of the West Coast guys that the Titans brought in this offseason and Robert Woods and fellow UCLA football alumni, Kyle Phillips. Drew Bennett's got thoughts on all of those guys, including Traylon Burke. So stick around for some DB convo. I Before my internet connection cuts out again, let's first get a word. Relax the back. Yes, relax the back. I love talking about relax the back. And, you know, I was I was reading off some facts last week about just how important sleep is. And let me get back to those because I, I want to make sure that you guys understand just what Relax the Back can provide, you know, just, just in your daily life. So Relax the Back, sleep's important, right? You need eight hours of sleep every night. There's no doubt about it. And you, you're going to need to have a good mattress and a good pillow in order to do that. 
So if, if you're able to get a good night's sleep, it, there are many benefits that come with it. It boosts your immune system. It increases productivity at work and in just your regular life. And a better sleep always equals a better move. We spend almost a third of our life sleeping. So one of the most beneficial things you can do for your health is to make sure you're sleeping on a quality mattress and that you've been fitted for a proper pillow. And at Relax to Back, they've got a variety of different options for you. Techno gel, pillows and mattresses that kind of conform to your body. It's kind of like Tempur-Pedic, but in my opinion, it's better. I really like it. But I also have a Tempur-Pedic pillow, so I can't knock Tempur-Pedic. Love that as well. They've got a variety of chairs that combat your neck and back pain. I know some of you guys that work on your computer all day, like I do, are hunched over at times. You've got bad posture. How do you fix it? They've got chairs that literally correct your posture just by sitting in them. And it's not uncomfortable. When they force you upright, they're not forcing you upright. You're naturally comfortably sitting upright in some of these chairs at Relax the Back. So go check them out. They're in Nashville, across from the Green Hills Regal Movie Theater, in that kind of in that little shopping center. And if you can't, you know, check them out in person, check them out online at stores.relaxtheback.com slash Nashville. Peruse what they got. If you go in store, lay on all the beds, try out all the chairs. I did it. They'll let you do it. And make sure, most importantly, to tell Glenn that A to Z Sports sent you. Let's talk. Titan. Sorry, my internet connection. <laughs> I hear the train a coming. It's rolling around the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. I'm sucking. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Tighten Up Podcast. Today is July 13th, 2022. And let the record state, Jack, okay? This is, I, I just did this. I just test on my internet. And it says, and I'll let, you can see it right there. I mostly see a ring camera reflection. But you are holding your phone up as you froze yet again. See if he comes back here. Your internet speed is super fast. Wow, what a yeah. liar. What a liar. Yeah, it what it's what it says is can stream 4K videos, do video chats, and stream games at the same time on multiple devices. Jack, I'm not joking when I say this. I've turned every device in my home except for get a freaking video chat going. Yeah, I mean, you tuned out a couple of times during there, but I, I know what you're saying. I know you're frustrated. They're lying about the video chat abilities. Whatever's going on <laughs> at the Huff household, it need, we need an electrician. We need somebody in the Chicago area. If you're listening to this podcast and you can fix internet in Chicago, DM Austin Huff. There, there's a place for you in, in the Huff household, at least for like 30 minutes. This is the worst day of my life. <laughs> we had Drew Bennett on and it's Austin's favorite guest. It's mine as well. And, you know, we, we just, and I know Austin, you know, has his witty one-liners that you all, you guys are going to miss, but it's okay because the concept Jack, of Drew is fine anyways. Jack is going to leave this episode looking like Derrick Henry with how much he is carrying the team on his back. <laughs> it's, it's, well, you know what? It's the least I could do. It's the off season. You know, we, we need to experience better exper experiment with this, different roles, you know, so better this week than in the, in this season. If I've got to drive the bus, and that's a good point, too. It's good that this happens in mid-July and not mid-September or mid-October. So we've got time to work out the kinks. But we're going to get to Drew Bennett. We're not going to keep you guys waiting. I know you guys want to hear from him. And he's got, he's got some great stories, as he always does. Keep in mind, we are in OTAs as well. 
Yes, that's very important. We are in OTAs as well. So I guess, you know, that's really all we have to say before we get to Drew Bennett, except let's talk dentists. Let's talk dentist. How about a word from Dr. Hecklin's family and cosmetic dentistry? I love talking about these people. I went in, you guys know, I went in a little over a month ago. Maybe we're, maybe we're approaching two months. I need to get back on the schedule for a cleaning, but I went in and, you know, I, I didn't like the dentist growing up. I'm sure a lot of people didn't either. You know, it's just, it's, no child looks forward to going to the dentist. Um, but you know, I actually had a great experience at Dr. Hecklin's family and cosmetic dentist. And I'm not just saying that with, to you guys, because they're a sponsor of the podcast. It genuinely was a, re- a really comfortable trip. And, you know, I went in and they've got an experienced staff, Dr. Hecklin and, and his crew have been over in Nashville for over 40 years, which means they're absolutely doing something right. And you can tell I, it's easy. It just comes easy to them. They, 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 they get you comfortable. You can put on your favorite music or your favorite TV channel when you're getting your teeth cleaned or one of the variety of other procedures that they offer. They can do crowns. They can do dentures, smile makeovers, veneers, whatever you have going on in your mouth, they can clean it up. Speaking of cleaning it up, get on the schedule for a routine cleaning, you know, go in once every six months. I know some of you guys that are listening, haven't been, and I'm not coming at you. I haven't seen all of your teeth. I'm sure you take (laughs) care of them, but it's just human nature. You got to go see the dentist every now and then, just in case you're missing something. Dr. Hecklin's family and cosmetic dentistry is the perfect place for you to go. And Hey, guess what? While you're in there, if you want to, if you want to whiten those suckers up, you know, if you, if you want a little whitening to go, it's very simple. It's very easy. They'll take care of you quick and clean. They're offering 10% off core whitening just by mentioning A to Z sports. So go check them out at 5606 Brookwood Place off Whitebridge Road in West Nashville and mention A to Z sports for 10% off of core whitening at Dr. Hecklin's Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. Get your smile looking right for the summer. Go see Dr. Hecklin and his crew. Do they have good Wi-Fi? They've got great Wi-Fi. Okay, good. Then I'll, uh, and then I'll, I'll be right over. <laughs> and with all that said... Look, if, if anyone knows how to get through adversity, it's this week's guest, okay? He's a guy who literally has been on this podcast. I, I don't even know. I don't even know how many times. I love about it is because he's become such a staple. He's been a staple. Austin cut out. We've, we've had connection issues. I'm going to, I'm going to have to carry this intro, but you guys know him. He's been on just about as much as anybody besides Jim White. I think Jim White may have him beat by a couple more appearances, but you know him. He's number 83 in your playbooks. Number one in your heart. It's Drew Bennett. Yeah, number one in your wives' hearts. <laughs> Six years with the Titans, two in St. Louis, one of the best wide receivers in Titans history. We had a conversation a couple of weeks ago, Drew. Um, Mount Rushmore of Titans receivers. You were on mine. Austin left you off. Uh, so oh. You'll have to take that up with him. That's but why he's coming out. Yeah, the that, universe knows. That's why. The, apparently, these internet issues um, <laughs> may not be exactly what he's leading on to be. But uh, <laughs> Drew Bennett is with us this week. We're excited to have him. Drew, give us an update. How's life been for you? You know, it's Groundhog Day at this age. You know, your early 40s, it's uh, it's wake up, you know, sometimes work out if you're motivated, go to work, and then whatever <laughs> the kids' events are, right? Uh, my daughter just turned 10, the other one's seven, so it's either soccer practice, swimming, uh, softball, or whatever, man. It's a, it's, I'm very happy with it, but man, I tell you, 
you, you say that training camp during football season was Groundhog Day. It's, it's even more extended at this age. <laughs> Drew, uh, just for the record, I heard all of the intro, even though I was skipping in and out um, with my gr- fantastic internet connection. Um, I, I left you off of my Mount Rushmore. Enough said. Yeah. I mean, since you froze anyway, that's enough said. So like, you know what? Onwards. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> but Drew, I, I think what Austin's trying to say is he made a big mistake in leaving you off. <laughs> no, I, I, I left him off because Mount Everest and Mount Rushmore are two separate mountain tops. Okay. Out of curiosity, who is your, who is your Mount Everest? You, you are my Mount Everest. That's uh, what I'm. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if you had to go back, who's your number one? Titan of all time receiver, Derek Mason. I said D Mace. I look, Drew, we love you. I, I did mention that, oh, no, I, I absolutely most, agree. but D Mace has to be number one for me. We had <laughs> no we, question. The, the topic was brought up because AJ Brown said that, you know, he was the franchise's best wide receiver of all time, which I mean, you have to spend a little more time here than just three seasons. Would you agree with that? How do you, how would you uh, kind of respond to that statement? Because I know you've put in your time here. You played with D-Mace. He put in his time here. Um, what do you what do you make of A.J. Brown's statement with that? I mean, I think that's a little bit, again, like I love guys having confidence. I love saying something that gets a little poster, you know, notoriety type thing that that is, but I completely agree. Three years is not a franchise type player, right? Uh, you know, D-Mace had some incredible years, a lot longer than three years. I mean, what did he end up like eight, nine years with the Titans, something like that? Mm-hmm. I mean, that guy, both the return yards, playing inside, playing outside, you know, all of those things like D Mace is definitely, he would be my pick. If you were to ask me, you know, the best Titans receiver to have played, uh, I would definitely say that he was the most valuable. Um, but, you know, AJ Brown, like I, definitely talent wise, I'd put him up there with anybody that's played. Right. I mean, size, speed, all that stuff like that. It's uh, it's definitely not a question to that, but you got to put more years in than three to, uh, to start making that claim. Yeah. I, I'm with you, Drew. I, I'm, I'm with you there. Three years is not long enough, even though the trajectory might've been greatest wide receiver of all time, three years, you, you got to be here for two contracts, two contract minimum, I think to get on that, uh, uh, on such a pedestal with the Titans. Okay. So Drew, uh, like, as you know, like we more than probably other podcasts are so obsessed with one ourselves, but two, uh, making news and being the ones to break news. So can you just for the record just say you think you were the best uh, wide receiver in Titans franchise <laughs> history? Is D Mace going to listen to this? Because as uh, long pro- as you promise that he's not going to listen to it, I will say that. No, I'm okay. <laughs> all right. All right. No, we'll take that. We'll take that. Uh, I would say that for expectation, I would argue I'm the best. That's very, that's very arrogant. So, no, but that's, say- that's totally within reason. You're an undrafted free agent, you played quarterback in, in college even play the position you played in the pros in college like that right there is pretty badass correct and like i was like they uh the uniform they gave me like number 19 back before that was cool and they didn't really show me how to make my socks look cool i looked horrendous as a rookie <laughs> like gangly white guy with no muscle tone it was like i was setting them up for failure because they're like they better not this guy better not catch a ball on you <laughs> this is nasty how did that conversation go when you spoke with the Titans and Jeff Fisher at that time? He, because obviously you had experience playing QB at UCLA. You did, you did, you know, log a few snaps wide receiver as well. So it wasn't totally foreign to you. But when Jeff Fisher said, you know what, I want you, but not as a QB, I, I want you as a receiver. How, how did that kind of play itself out? Yeah, you know, so it kind of was that decision was in college, like, or sorry, after college, I played a few games at, at wide receiver. And I, you know, you guys, I don't know if you remember kind of the, 
battle back and forth between Floyd Reese, who was then general manager and Jeff Fisher, right? They each had their guys and Floyd Reese was a UCLA guy. And so I you know, tried out for the NFL, if you want to call it that my senior day as a wide receiver, I threw a few balls, but did much more as a, as a wide out. And it was definitely Floyd Reese and not Jeff Fisher, because I learned that very quickly that in the locker room, there were Fisher guys and there were Floyd Reese guys and Fisher's didn't, you know, conversate or spend a lot of time or any time for that matter, talking to coaching, you know, getting to know, you know, the Floyd Reese guys and Floyd Reese didn't have a lot of interest in the Jeff Fisher guys. Now, obviously, as I made the team and spent more time there, that changed. And I developed at least a little bit of a relationship with Fisher, but it was, you know, early on, it was all Floyd Reese that got me into camp and, you know, got me my first contract. That's crazy. So it's like when somebody goes to prison, you got to get in with a group, you got to have a group. (laughs) But I don't want to compare the, you know, the Titans locker room to prison because it obviously there's there are some 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 guys in there that were a little rough around the edges than other. Maybe Donnie Nicky comes to mind. But um, <laughs> that's that's so funny because I would have never guessed that, you know, Jeff Fisher's guys were kind of on, uh, you know, just with that group. And, and then Floyd Reese's guys, you know, kind of interacted between themselves either. But you're saying that's how it actually was your rookie season. Yeah, no, it's like, you know, you knew who you knew exactly where you stood. Um, with each person, right? Okay, I'm clearly after I've been here for four months through the off season and the preseason, this and that, I understand now which guy was the one that, you know, convinced, you know, the Titans as a, as a staff or as a franchise to bring me in. Mm-hmm. And you kind of figure out who those guys are and you're kind of like, hey, Floyd Reese guy, like what's <laughs> up, you know, so. <laughs> kind of just give them, a, give them some knuckles on the way to the locker room. Yeah, like, hey, yeah you know, you know which, which table you're sitting at when you go to the cafeteria, right? And Floyd's at one table and Jeff's at the other. You're definitely going to sit with Floyd. You're like, hey, what's up? <laughs> so. Drew, okay. So considering my terrible connection issues, uh, we all know you had, it, you and Nick worked well together. Who did you have the worst con- The worst connection with? Yeah. As far as like you're talking QB or are you talking player in general? Well, ooh, ooh, both, both. <laughs> well, so it's interesting. And, you know, not to go back and talk all about like minimal preseason stuff, but I think I've told the story. Chris Sanders was a quarterback from University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. That was the four string guy when I was a rookie. And he and I immediately clicked and became really close during the offseason and the preseason. And he was the one that I, I think I've told you was like, if there's any way that somehow we end up in there together in the first preseason game, I'll throw you every ball. And he really did. I think I had like seven or nine catches in one quarter in the, in the first preseason game talking like, you know, backside runoffs that you're never even expecting the ball. And I turn around the balls in the air. Like it was awesome. So, you know, McNair, as far as QB connections, I'll say, um, you know, as a receiver with that much time spent, you have a connection with everybody, right? And I think I've also discussed like Neil O'Donnell was actually, I had a great connection with McNair, especially as I played more and more. I mean, it was amazing to, one thing that I've told people that I think is interesting is when you're doing a silent drill, like two minute stuff where you can't hear you're at another stadium where it's so loud, you literally cannot hear anything. You got the ringing in your ears. I got to the point where I realized I could tell when McNair was going to snap the ball just by his body language. So you could still get kind of a jump off the line of scrimmage. Like you had the advantage to knowing the snap count, knowing when to go. And you could actually tell just by his body language, you know, when he was going to snap it. So you could kind of get that quick start. Um, You know, obviously Billy V and I, you know, we were close off the field. So there was something, you know, pretty magical when he and I went on that run. And I tell people all the time this too, it's pretty easy when you're throwing the ball 60 times a game to put up some stats, you know, and, and have a connection. Cause I mean, he learned, but it was fun, right? Like when I would come out of the huddle and know exactly when I was going to get the ball, 
you know, just by how they'd line up and kind of, you know, how much Billy and I connected, um, you know, I'd say, I don't know, at least so. I'm trying to think, you know, players is tough. I don't really know. You know, there's plenty of guys with 53 guys on a team and guys that come and go that you, as general players, you don't really have a, a strong connection with. So I don't really know who, who that would be, but uh, you know, all the QBs, you pretty much have a decent, you know, Vince was only there one year with them and, you know, he had a big learning curve my first year. So I'd say, you know, of all of them, maybe him was the least just because he was learning so much and they, you know, to get thrown in what his first game as a, as a rookie, right. There's a lot of stuff. I remember playing Troy Polamalu and we had all these checks in the game plan. Like you're supposed to, okay, if Troy Polamalu's in cover four, you're going to check to this, this and that. And I'm like, you're going to put that on one of the most elusive, like crazy lineup guys in the NFL, Troy Polamalu, who can cover 20 yards in an instant. Like you're going to make that the guy, this guy has to decide on what play to run. So it was tough for him, man. He got kind of thrown to the wolves. What going, going back to VY season. Cause I don't think we've talked about this with, with you at least at length. Um, what was, what was that like? Because didn't the team kind of get off to a rocky start under Collins and then VY came in to kind of save right, the day. Yeah. Um, what was that season like just being in the locker room and even in the huddle with VY as a rookie? Well, I don't know if you guys remember the whole way it broke down, right? So we had this preseason meeting with the whole team after a preseason game that we played terrible in the preseason game. Usually you break down after the game and you go to your individual meeting rooms and you watch the tape and you get very granular on all the stuff that you did wrong. You get your grading sheet. You watch every play several times and get all the details you need. This one, the coaches were pissed. They're like, no, we're watching the whole game together here as a team. And you're going to get coached up basically to embarrass you and to call everybody out in front of the team to build some accountability and let them know that, you know, they were pissed and all that stuff like that. So they go through this and there's nobody sacred. You know, this was, they're getting on Billy, which, you know, there were some plays he deserved, but he handled it so immaturely. He comes out of that meeting. And this is, I think, after the second preseason game and comes raging out, like, I'm going to, I want the beep out of here. Like, this is baloney, like, blah, blah, blah. They should be respecting me more. And had he had any decent agent whatsoever and not Drew Rosenhaus. Drew Rosenhaus should have said, Billy, calm down. You're going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL and you're a damn good player. You're going to go and have, you know, the world is going to be your oyster after the season because there's going to be a ton of teams that want you and just, you know, keep your head down. Instead, what does Rosenhaus say? Go upstairs and tell him you want to trade. This is right out of the meeting. So he storms up the stairs and goes to Floyd Reese's office and barges in there and goes, I'm out of here. I want to trade. I'm not playing for this franchise anymore. So he goes, okay. So they start shopping him around. They move Kerry to first string. They move Vince to second, Billy to third. And then they find the trade with the chargers, but it's, we don't play them till the third game of the season. So they don't want to trade him before that game so that he gives them all of our, our plays. So he literally just kind of rides the bench and is a nobody on the roster until, you know, the day after that game and they trade him. So um, you know, so it was, it was definitely a rocky start, both internally and externally for that season. Um, you know, Vince, exactly. Like he just, he is one of those guys that have gotten by so long on, you know, just raw ability and athleticism and those types of things that the amount of stuff that he had to learn and like, I'm talking coverages and rolling and fronts and protections and all that stuff. It was a lot to hand, you know, anybody, like, even if you had a kind of a complex system in college, it's just so much faster and so much more complex. So it was definitely a rocky season. There, there were some check with me plays that went into a slant route. And I'd be like, please don't check it. Please don't check it. Please don't check it. He'd be like, check, check. I'm like, oh no, here it comes. <laughs> so that is an incredible story about how Billy yeah. Bullock kind of, you know, walked out the door with the Titans and, and into LA where he would finish up his career. 
as friends with him, was that was that hard for? Absolutely. You know, Close, like I was like, really, I, you know, I tried to tell him to calm down. I'm like, what? And I actually really didn't believe that he was that mad. He was really going to go do it. Cause I would have definitely grabbed him by the arm and been like, no, what are you doing? Like, don't, don't throw this away. You have basically the starting job locked up and maybe if it's for eight games, whatever, you know what I mean? If you're playing well, but the team's losing, you know, it doesn't matter. You get some tape like that and you throw like you did at the end of 04 before that season, okay. like you're going to get paid. So yeah, I was disappointed. The Titans are going back to, uh, I guess, Floyd Reese guys, even though God rest his soul. But but they, they they added some West Coast bias to the offense this year. They they went out, they made a trade for Robert Woods, who I know you're familiar with living out in California. Unfortunately. Uh, um, <laughs> USC guys. Yeah. And yeah. they went back to UCLA, UCLA. They, they brought in Kyle Phillips, who a lot of Titans fans are pretty excited about playing out of the slot this year been compared to Hunter Renfro and Julian Edelman and Cole Beasley, like all these, you know, white slot guys are that, that come out of college that are, you know, drafted late. But Traylon Burks is obviously going to be the straw that stirs the drink for the Titans receiving corps. What what do you make of the moves that the Titans made this offseason? Because we haven't had you on since the A.J. Brown trade. And obviously right. Robert Woods comes in off a torn ACL. You've got a couple rookies coming in to, to you know, play pretty significant snap counts. What do you make of these moves? You know, I, I really, truly still don't understand. I mean, I understand the number that, that AJ Brown got, like, you know, that they didn't have that in the cards for him. So get what you can, that type of thing. But it's, it's definitely a message to your QB, right? Like, you know, you want to feel like your team is building around you and not like trying to make you the center, you know, the focal point for the passing game. And like you responsible for building up this huge, you know, to, to basically start all over with a, with a receiving core. And there's some truth to that. Like, there's no question that uh, Burks, as the Arkansas guy, right? Burks is incredibly talented. You look at the, he's kind of like the Debo, right? He's like 6'2", 225, right? Like he'll be able to do a lot of fun things, but there's a big learning curve. And so to, to have one guy come in like that with some other veterans, it, you know, is a lot different than when you have three of your first four guys, especially if Woods is, you know, not in camp and not out on the practice field and not in the first few games, like you're, you're fighting an uphill battle. So with that said, you know, when you have the run game, the Titans do, and you have the defense, like you can slowly move into kind of like building that, you know, part of your team as a more substantial part of the team or as more substantial part of the offense going forward. But uh, it's, it's, you know, similar, it's close to rebuilding and Hey, this is the NFL salary cap. You have to do that, but it'll be interesting to see how quick these guys, you know, step up and um, you know, become, you know, core guys. Mm -hmm. Did you have any teammates with asthma? <laughs> Tra Traylon Burks, I don't know if you know this or not, but he's struggling with asthma. And he's, he's had to miss out on some drills in, in uh, rookie minicamp and, and mandatory minicamp. Um, so that that's that that's where the asthma is. Yeah. So we, they like they count we, your toes and do all of that stuff, but they didn't uh, check the box on do you have asthma, yes or no? And that seems like they, they said that they did. They, the Titans they missed a big one. <laughs> yeah. He's only got one arm, but no, no, he's really fast. Yeah, 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 right. right. Tape. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. No, like I said, and you know, it's interesting. I feel like recently with the, uh, you know, Clay Pools and um, uh, Jamar Chase, you know, those guys, and granted, those are elite guys, but I do feel like different than my era. And I don't know why this is if passing game is, so, you know, you're, if you're, throwing the ball so much more and guys are used to that in college, but I do feel like the younger guys have come into the NFL and assimilated a lot quicker than it used to be. Right. Like I feel like the first rounders when I was playing, 
Yeah, I mean, there were some obviously some special guys that would would make a splash their first year. But, you know, Jefferson from Minnesota, all those types of guys that came in and just right off the bat had huge, you know, a huge presence in the game. I feel like that's a lot more common over the last five, eight years than it has been, you know, before that. I'm with you. And I think that's why we're seeing receivers get paid what they're getting paid. Jalen right. Waddle's another one of those guys. I mean, just come in and have an instant impact on their offense. And uh, that, that, you know, that could be what drove AJ's price up other than the Jaguars deciding to pay Christian Kirk 17 damn million dollars a year. I mean, there's some crazy ones out there that mm-hmm. I can only imagine what the guys that played in the nineties looked at our contracts and said, but you know, right now it's like, man, I just, I couldn't have been born 10 years later. Like yeah. Cooper well, Cup. I mean, I'm not comparing myself to Cooper cup, but give me half of that. Right. Like that is insane. Drew, do you feel like you set a, I guess my next question for you, Drew, while while Austin's internet continues to just sabotage him today. Um, Robert Woods, it's interesting because the Titans kind of have Rabel and John Robinson like to draft these guys with, I guess, what you'd call championship DNA. And I know Robert Woods wasn't a part of that Super Bowl, you know, the, the end of that run after tearing his ACL in the middle of the season. But I mean, what he can do blocking, what he can do, you know, just just catching the ball, getting open. He's a great route runner they they seem to kind of you know magnify those guys and there's kind of an attraction between those type of players and the titans what what do you think that robert woods could bring assuming that he comes back week one and is and is his is his old self what do you think he could bring to the titans passing game well i think you know it's it's interesting like well you know what comes first the chicken or the egg that that championship mentality and dna or the you know does, does winning a championship breed that but i because i think it's more Robert Woods, if he does have that kind of work ethic that, you know, the Patriots kind of are drawn to, and that was Vrabel's, you know, core group of guys when he was there, it's way more the off the field off season respect for the franchise and commitment to the teammates than it is the on the field production and stuff like that. Right. And that was kind of the deal with the Eddie Georges and Frank Wycheck. So, you know, those guys, when I played, it's like, you know, everyone's accountable and, you know, if you're learning from guys like that, guys that show up for the offseason workouts and the guys that aren't, you know, or they're out there on the field. Now I know he has an ACL, but I'm just saying they're not making excuses. They're not sitting out practices. They're not missing mini camps. They're not making a spectacle in the offseason of, you know, they're caught like, you know, just core guys that are good for the locker room and really show those younger guys, especially with this roster for, for wide receivers, like who are they going to learn from? That's incredibly important, right? Like I remember the biggest thing was all the good teams that I, was a part of and all of the good teams on guys that I was familiar with, as far as like talking about locker room, you know, mentality and, you know, the way guys approach the game is the Tuesday optional workout day. Right. So the bad teams I was on you, I could have told you from the day one, like there's going to be nobody in here on Tuesday on the optional workout day. And the good teams I was on, I'd say 60 to 70% of the guys would come in on Tuesday on the day off and get a lift in, watch tape, get treatment. Like we're committed both to the franchise, to the team and to their teammates and had some accountability. And that's way more important than, you know, if the guy's vocal on the field, right. Is like, Hey, how to be a professional. And so I think that is, you know, a very strong move by Vrabel for that reason, more so than, and look, the guy, if he heals up well, will still be a very, you know, top end receiver. Drew. (laughs) Did (laughs) Did you have any teammates that during OTAs were incredibly out of shape, but then showed up when the season started? Huh. Um, God, we're talking a long time ago now, but I think not, not particularly. 
you know, I mean, besides McNair, McNair was, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, like that's just, I mean, that was his beauty was that that the, was every week. Yeah. The more beat up and out of shape he was, the better he played. And that was just kind of like this one <laughs> anomaly. Right. Cause I, you know, I was just, I was just telling Jack, like, Oh, these core guys that, you know, are in the weight room extra, like, okay, admit McNair from that, because that was just not, he was just a different animal altogether, but the Eddie Georges and those guys, no, like for the most part, like I said, it, you know, and that goes back to, you know, the, they're finally catching on in the NFL. The guys in the off season are in their best shape and they're as healthy as they've been. There's no reason to go do like we did the four to five weeks of double days to get back in football shape, right? Those guys are coming, you do need to get in football shape, but you don't need to beat them up for four or five weeks to get them to, you know, be conditioned, right? Like they're already fit. They're already strong. They've had a good off season. So no, for the most part, like, especially the good teams. I mean, there were in St. Louis when we were on those trash teams, two and 14 and three and 13, there were some guys, you know, a couple offensive linemen in particular that they didn't care. They would just show up. Like you could tell, and they were sloppy for the first few preseason games. And like, it was, like I said, there's no surprise. We were two and 14. <laughs> July 4th just passed and every July 4th I think Titans fans you know feel a certain way you know it starts somber you remember Steve McNair obviously this is it's 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 kind of how every holiday or not every holiday every July 4th holiday goes in Nashville but uh, I want to ask you a question that um, you know people kind of uh, I feel like it isn't asked enough and with Steve McNair you know he had an MVP on his resume he was one yard short of a Super Bowl do you feel like he was kind of a snubbed for the Hall of Fame, the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Do you think that he has a case to get in there? So, of course, right? I'm biased. I'm incredibly biased. But, you know, I, I really – and I, no one's ever been able to answer this, like, definitively, right? Is it your body of work when you were in the NFL or is it your body of work by the time that you're eligible for the Hall of Fame? Because, you know, like, McNair was an innovator in the way that he played the game. He was basically a running back when he tucked the ball under – you know, he, he could do it all. Like he, the amount of comeback wins that we had, you know, I mean, there was a couple seasons in a row where every time we got the ball at the end of the game, it was like, there was no doubt we're going to go down and win this game. Statistically, he's right up there. You know, like you said, a co-MVP that year with Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like I said, if you had asked the day that he retired as the NFL a Hall of Famer, I think he would have had a little more yeses. But then, you know, the game was changing right towards the end of his career. And a lot of guys are really padding their stats. And, you know, by the time he's eligible, and maybe he's not a first ballot guy, right? Maybe it's down the road. But, you know, as every year goes on and everyone's throwing the ball 57 times a game, his statistics are going to get pushed down the, the way. I know. And I hate it because, guys, and you probably disagree here. You know, you're, you're out on that, on that part of the country. But Philip Rivers <laughs> is going to get in and Steve McNair is not. And I'm over here just pulling my hair out. I don't I can't, <laughs> I can't handle it. Because, you know, it, it's, he's just a product of the era he played in. He was probably never a top three, four quarterback, you know, with Manning and Brady and Rodgers and, you know, some of those guys that he played alongside. He's he's got the numbers. He's top five in touchdown passes, I think. And, you know, he's like got all these yards. But, uh, you, you know, a lot of pro balls. But Steve McNair got, got, had that MVP, had that Super Bowl run. We never saw Rivers do that. And that's that's aggravating to me because Rivers is going to get more Hall of Fame love than McNair did. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I like, you know, longevity is part of it, right? I mean, how many – what did Rivers play, 18 years or yeah, something crazy like that? You know, so – and, I mean, McNair still played, what, 14, 15? So it wasn't – but I mean, those, those extra couple of years, I mean, think of McNair putting up another 9,000 yards passing. I, mean, I think he's definitely in. Drew, do you feel like uh, based off of your rookie year alone that you set the trend for wide receivers wearing numbers in the teens? Oh, there's no question. Okay. <laughs> that's what I thought. Good I looked in 19. Yeah. You know, like, that's what I want to look like. 
see the no elastic on the sleeves, see the socks worn like they're supposed to be. <laughs> I was, even when I went to St. Louis, there were guys that were like, dude, I remember your rookie year, how nasty you looked. Like, that's the first thing they said. To oh, me, yeah. We saw you on 19. I mean, that's, hey, that's some real, when you can pull off 19, especially like single digit numbers and the team numbers, like some of them look pretty cool. 15 on a receiver looks good. Yeah. Single digits, but 19. I mean, I know Keyshawn could rock it, but that's Keyshawn Johnson, right? So yeah. it was, uh, it was not, not made for the, uh, the, the lanky, awkward white guy. <laughs> and then, yeah. Cause I feel like, because back then it wasn't, it wasn't it league mandated that you had, if you're a wide receiver, you had to be in the eighties, right? right. Correct. But they had, had one extra they kept seven receivers. So they, they bumped me to 19. <laughs> okay. All right, Drew, I got one last one for you. UDFA, there's a guy on the team, Nick Westbrook-Akine, that you know, kind of has your trajectory. He was undrafted. He had a big season last year, was second on the team in receiving yards. I don't know if you've gotten to see much of him. But, you know, he, he him and just UDFAs in general kind of live on a day-to-day basis, right, especially in, in training camp, right? Because it, it could be – any day could be your last. Was there ever a day in – maybe it was your rookie year, maybe it was after that. Was, was there ever a day in the offseason where you had a bad practice – and you're like, man, I don't have much ground to stand on anyways. Could they get rid of me? You know, was there ever a day where you thought, you know, that that day might be my last? Maybe like three or four days a week, every week that I was there for the Titans. <laughs> I mean, no, really, like I, you know, maybe for like the one season after I signed the bridge. Like, I mean, really, no, that's kind of the way I always approached it. Is I really always felt like one bad practice, a bad drop in the game, a mistake, an injury like that. That always made me very anxious, you know, like, oh, that, you know, that made them decide who they're going to draft in April, right? Like in November, I'd like drop a ball in the game. I'd be like, they're drafting a receiver number one. Like I'm out of here, you know, so no, there's no question. And I think part of that is what kept me going and what kept me, you know, focused and driven. You know, I remember Robert Smith, the running back from uh, Minnesota for all those years, like he was an undrafted free agent. And he said that like, he thought about it all the time. He was always expecting to come back to his locker and see the pink slip, right? Like, or, you know, obviously the tap on the shoulder, come talk to coach, right? And mm-hmm. there's definitely some truth to that when you're expendable, right? Like there's, they don't have anything invested in you. There's no mistake if they cut you because they didn't draft you high. Like that's always in your mind and you're always thinking that way when you're playing. Wow. But life in the NFL is fragile. You're right. It, it, it's a day by day thing, but I didn't know, I didn't know it was, you know, a, a few days a week for you that, that's 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 got to be tough to live under that type watching of watching the draft is the worst part for like guys in my situation guys that were in my situation right because you're like hey you're calculating you know before the draft you're like right now man i can compete for that number two spot like this this could be you know maybe three at the worst four if i really mess this could be awesome and then they go draft two receivers you're like well i'm sixth okay let's <laughs> hope i can keep a roster spot please there's an example, though, in, in Titans, you know, recent history when, when that happened, Tajay Sharp was at Tin Roof in Demumbrian. And when they had drafted Corey Davis, uh, him and I think it was Sebastian Tritola got, you know, fought some drunk guy at the bar in the alleyway right after the draft. I think he was upset that they took a receiver. <laughs> but but that, that's, a, that's a real thing that happened because of, you know, wide receivers sitting around watching the draft just to see where they're going to stand, you know, you know, day one of training camp. That's so. why you got to watch at home. You don't punch anybody. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what's more fragile, life in the NFL or my internet connection? But that's an easy one. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's had a good. It's had a good. You know, run towards the end here, though. So yeah. Hopefully, we're back on track, Drew. Yeah, right as right as we're uh, signing off with Drew, it's uh, it it starts to pick up. Yeah, I appreciate that, Xfinity. 
<laughs> Drew, we love having you on. We uh, we hope that you'll join us sometime during the season. Don't know when it'll be, but we'll see. We'll surely we'll have a spot for you. But um, hopefully, Austin's internet's a little better then. But uh, I'm I'm glad you got to come on. It's been a while. You know, we're in the dog days of summer, so we needed somebody big like Drew Bennett to come on here, and especially to you know shame Austin for leaving you off his Mount Rushmore. Right. Well, just for the record, because honestly, I don't know what's going to. How perfect. That's yep. exactly what we need. Oh I don't want to hear it. That's how it is. I don't want to hear it. You know what? <laughs> Enough said. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. All right. Shout out to Drew Bennett. Uh, at, well, no, shout out to Drew Bennett and Jack. You guys conducted one hell of an interview. Uh, it was great being the third wheel on that date. Uh, it was, I, I could literally hear everything, but you guys couldn't hear me. And that was, I, it was probably one of the more frustrating things I've ever had to experience in my life. Who was the guy? Was it Jerry Falwell at Liberty that just liked watching, you know, he would sit <laughs> in the room and watch. Yeah. I know what Austin was doing to me and Drew. Now me and Drew weren't getting intimate. We were talking football. I mean, but, you guys got pretty intimate in a in a talking football sense. I'd yeah, say. I asked them a lot about the locker room. I, I right. wanted to know what went on in there. It's kind of crazy. That how, that conversation was at very least a dry hump. <laughs> well, wasn't it kind of crazy how f the guys that Floyd drafted and the guys that Jeff Fisher drafted were kind of like the Crips and the Bloods in the locker room? They just I, they wanted to associate with each other. And it's funny because it's like it felt that way. Now looking back. But but yeah, but like it that is wild to me. That is absolutely wild. And like just how the organization, even back then, when like they did have quote unquote success, how much adversity they were kind of fighting through. Because right now, I would say the franchise is in probably the best place it's ever been. No doubt. I mean, leaps and bounds of ahead of where it was when Drew was there. Yeah. Because right? remember, Floyd or not Floyd Reese, but Adams wanted to just have that stadium in Nashville. Didn't really care, you know, the amenities that went around it. He wanted to have a stadium and have the Titans play in it. Like the, the elevators weren't working for like a couple years. Right, in, right. In the Coliseum. Like this stadium, and, and that's just the stadium. Imagine what the locker room was like compared to other teams who had been around for decades. I mean, just miles behind it, them, and they still were able to put out a team that could go out and win double-digit games, you know, every couple seasons. Yeah, despite all of that, that was still probably the – I mean, I, you could argue it's still the most successful like era of Titans football, considering they went to a Super Bowl um, and they had a 13 and three season. Yes. To what was expected out of them. Right. That, right. Right. That, and that's what we talked to Drew about as well. Are you, you know, the most successful wide receiver, you know, when you discuss when you mention you know what you were expected to do being an undrafted free agent that was kind of like the titans right they were kind of like the undrafted yeah. free agent of the nfl but and they came on and they they proved by making that super bowl and coming so damn close to winning it that you know they are not to be played with and and one one thing i want to reiterate from that interview that i couldn't get out uh and i honestly i i don't even know what was kept and what wasn't kept from how bad my internet connection was but Drew was not on my Mount Rushmore, okay? Hand raised. I admit it, okay? But that's only because, and I tried to say this during the interview, and I don't know how much of it got through or not. He's 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 my Mount Everest, okay? Okay, yeah. yeah that, there, there's, I think that got through. That's a totally different mountain range, okay? I'm not letting Drew share a mountaintop with three other dudes. That's how good he is in my book, all right? He is a, he is, he's got snow caps. 
He's 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 the tallest thing out there. Literally, if anyone tried to ascend to Drew Bennett's level, they would die. The crim de half of them die. Yes, <laughs> you can't plant your flag on top of uh Mount Bennett, Mount Ben Benvist. Benvist. We'll work or, on that. We'll workshop that. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. yeah. It's obviously it's our OTAs as well. Isn't that such a great built-in excuse for just not having things in order? On this pod, you know what? It's the off season for us, so you got to oh, yeah. give us a break. Oh, that's why. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I'm not working that hard on my internet connection. You know, because it's like, okay, it's the off season. But like, had this been like the week after this, I, I'll give you your, I'll give you your flowers. You're restarted. You're, you're trying everything. It's just not coming. To, it's not coming through. I turned off my PlayStation. You know, like, and you guys know how important my my PlayStation is with my 2017 Madden franchise. Uh, I I've literally tried anything, but Jack had this been the week of, you know, say that a Titans upset at Arrowhead on Monday night football later this season, like in the season bills, win you know, week two. you and I would have been up till 2am trying to make sure this podcast you, works. We, you're right. You're right. We would have done everything or anything and everything, you know, everything under the sun. We would have at least tried. Plus we also kind of felt like my internet connection, and the there podcast it there it goes again but, <laughs> Damn it. so so all this goes to say that we we had an episode planned out we were going to react to a, a, an article written by titans fans least favorite writer that would be adam rank slash adam stinks slash, slash adam rank sucks at predicting the titans record but not to be confused with jeff Schartz. not to be confused with jeff Schartz, who is also not you know the titans fans favorite but we're gonna we're gonna holster that we're gonna come back next week and hopefully it's still relevant. If it isn't, we'll go off new material. But we're going to hold. We're going to pull Remember the Titan this week. I don't know that we can make it through it with the internet connection. So we're going to we're gonna give you guys a half day. You know, half days at school were always my favorite. What are you doing after lunch? You're going home. We gave you the appetizer, or excuse me, we gave you the entree. Now you get to walk out the restaurant. Hey, you don't even have to pay the bill this week. You know, it's on the house. This one's on us. So yeah, we're comping. Been we're, if we're, you've been <laughs> You got to come back next week. This, we're, this has been this has been a rough go. We're comping this meal. <laughs> it's all, yeah, totally. It's on the house. You know what? It, maybe maybe we're in Las Vegas. We'll we'll get you a hotel room. We'll put you up for the night. But uh, that's all we have this week. I hate it, but we're gonna be back next week. And you know what? Training camp's getting closer and closer. The guys are reporting in exactly two weeks from Tuesday. So if you guys hear this Wednesday, we'll be 13 days away from the team reporting to training camp. It's coming quickly. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen fast. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to get through it. There's a lot of position battles we're going to talk about. Can't wait to see that, what these guys look like on the field. But that's all we got for this week, Austin. Yeah, there was – I wanted to get into Jack claiming that he wants to see Malik Willis on the field this season. I, yes. Yeah, we, yeah, I did. I did go on the morning show and say that I did want a taste of Malik Willis – in a special package from the Titans. And that, that we, got a lot of blowback. I also but, wanted to, I also wanted to react to Deshaun Watson news. Uh, there's not any, but we like to pretend this. that there, you know, but would be. Yeah. What, what I planned on doing with, uh, with you, Jack, this week was going game by game of if it's that number of games, we would react accordingly. So if it was oh. like two game suspension, are you kidding me? What? Well, Four game suspension. That's not enough, Roger Goodell. Six game p- suspension. 
half a season is still not good enough, yeah. Roger. Not even a half full, a season. I've not. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be up in arms. Full but. season. Full season. Okay. This is what was expected. Honestly, I think it could have been more. Two season suspension. All right. All right. Finally, the NFL got a yeah. season suspension. Okay. Maybe. Well, uh, maybe not pump the brakes. Maybe not pump the and Maybe that's not enough. I mean, there are some people out there. I mean, there's at least like 20 women that, that wish he was behind bars. And I mean, reading some of these things that come from this disgusting ass case, maybe he should be. But that's, hey, that's not my place. Roger Goodell, it's your turn. Does the punishment fit the crime? We're still waiting to see. I know he likes dragging his feet, but apparently we're going to get a decision soon. So Yeah, quite possibly this week. So that was another segment we had to just kind of throw out the window because my internet connection uh, is is actually where that's the well, garbage. It is in the garbage. And I know, hey, you know what? Let's go ahead and get out of here. I know these people don't want to be dragged along listening to you know Spotty Austin Huff, who is typically the, the driver of this podcast. Um, but... Things changed today. We improvise. We had to go with the backup quarterback. I'm Billy Volek. I threw to Drew Bennett, just like in 04. <laughs> it worked. Nobody got to the Pro Bowl, though. It was, Don't it was ask for a trade next week. It was kind of BS. Yeah, I know. I got to talk to my agent. We, we, we're not going to be aggressive in trade talks after that story. But we thank you guys for tuning in. I know I know it wasn't you know probably the most enjoyable, but it's short, it's sweet, and you got Drew Bennett, so you can't complain. Well, you can, but I hope that you don't. Either way. Five star, right? Four and a half stars to us, uh, 0.5 stars to Buck. Follow us on Twitter at Tighten Up Pod, on Instagram at Tighten Up Podcast. Follow Austin at Austin Huff on Twitter. He's funny. He He's a Titans fan's favorite follow. The Derrick Henry videos, everything he does, you got to be following him if you're not already. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. You can follow me. I'm writing on the Titans uh, just about every day of the week. So stick around. Uh, find me on Twitter. Find us both on Twitter. But most importantly, Find the damn podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We're trying to get to 2000 before draft night and we're, we're making some solid progress. We're getting close, but we're not there yet. We need to, we need a big push this week. So I hope we get some new followers from the guys that have been listening and girls that have been listening. Um, but I guess I'll have to take us out, Austin. Yeah. Until next I, time. Tighten, tighten up. up. <laughs> tighten up. <laughs>